Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Varna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, hone your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, building community versus building audience. Community is defined as a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, or goals. Audience is defined as a group of listeners or spectators who can be, but are not always, ardent and enthusiastic admirers. Versus, of course, means to be in contrast to or in opposition. I was eager to explore the difference between building community and building audience and whether it matters when I was a guest on the Nostalgia podcast hosted by my guest for this episode, Nicole Tremaglio. And she mentioned the difference between the two and I thought, ooh, this needs to be discussed. Nicole is a branding consultant, pop culture expert, writer, and self-described millennial sporty spice. Nicole is enthusiastic about Celine Dion, BTS, dance, platform shoes, jalapeno popcorn, Italian culture, Web3, indie bookstores, and curating Spotify playlists. Welcome, Nicole. I am so glad we can have this conversation together. Hi, Barbara. Thanks so much for having me. By the way, it's one of the best parts of having a podcast is just getting to talk to people that you really adore. And also to say, here's something interesting I'd like to explore. So let's explore it. So I've been thinking a lot about this since I was on your podcast, Nostalgia, recently. So what does building community mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an interesting distinction to make too, right? The difference between a community and an audience. And with community, that peer-to-peer connection is absolutely essential. It can't be a community without it. And I think that maybe some critics will say, well, wait, doesn't there have to be some kind of leader, some kind of head or post of the community? And I would say to that, yes, there's usually going to be somebody who is kind of like the connector. They end up bringing everybody together. And ultimately, that purpose can be to foster belonging. That's why you get people who I think the word like-minded is a, a pretty good generalization of why certain groups of people would come together because they believe in the same things, whether they have the same belief system or values or a common interest. And that connector kind of brings them all into the same space, whatever that container looks like, whether it's virtual, whether it's in-person. And it allows the people to not just have a connection with that person who brought them together, but with one another as well. And having that hierarchy kind of flattened a little bit is really what makes the community rich in that everybody gets to feel like they're a part of something. Everybody gets to feel like they are providing value and they're receiving value in turn from the community. Without naming names, this actually came about because we were, I guess it was started with comparing one artist or a celebrity who has millions of followers and so has an audience, but didn't have a sense of community. And then you are a follower of BTS, but you're more than a follower. You're part of the BTS community. Speak to me about that a little bit, like what that difference, because that is exactly the genesis of this conversation and why that mattered to you. Absolutely. I first got into BTS, like a lot of people in 2020, my sister introduced the band to me and said, hey, I think that you would really like their music, not just because 
It is high energy and they play with a lot of different styles, but it has a really positive message of hope behind it too. And I think that during 2020, that was something that everyone was kind of looking for. And so I did what also most people did during that time was I took to TikTok because I was so fascinated by how this group was truly able to make an impact on the world and make a difference and being able to leverage their fans to impact change in the world. And so, yes, so I made a BTS-focused TikTok and I would ask people in the community, all different kinds of questions. And the answers were very interesting. One of my favorites was, how much would you spend on BTS concert tickets? And most people said something along the lines of, the limit does not exist. (laughs) And being able to see the connections that the band has formed, which on one hand, with fandom, it's really interesting because with BTS especially, people have such deep parasocial relationships with the band members, they will watch hours, okay, myself included, of them, whether it's in their web series, run BTS, whether they're playing games, whether they're doing V Live, they're eating, they're taking a nap, they're in dance practice. They have been recorded doing absolutely everything in their day-to-day lives in addition to their professional lives. And so people really feel this deep emotional connection to them. But in addition to that, so that it's kind of like the fandom segment of it, but going back to the community piece, my other favorite thing that I asked the fellow BTS army out on TikTok was, who have you gotten closer to in your life? Or who did you meet as a result of your interest in this music and your participation in this fandom? And I almost cried (laughs) reading these comments. People said, I reconnected with my mother or I formed a special relationship with my daughter because we found something that we had in common. Oh, I made friends at a concert. I was so alone to, or I was so afraid to go alone, but I ended up meeting people. Now they're my best friends. I met someone who's an army from across the world and now... We're friends and just really heartwarming stories like that where people aren't just fighting for the band. They believe in the band. They love the band, but they're fighting for each other too. So now this is where we step back. And for anyone listening, to understand like the bigger meaning to all this, because on top of it, Nicole, you are a brand consultant. You're helping other people build their businesses. And it starts to understand why that matters in anything that we do And this just popped in my head, which happens often in this case. But I actually, during the pandemic, I read Trader Joe's memoir, and it was actually extremely informative. But one of the things he said that really stood out to me was you build, you know, your loyal customer base, one customer at a time by respecting them, valuing them, meeting them where they are, listening to them, et cetera. But you lose them in droves. Like you just have to do one thing and they can all disappear um, because you've disrespected. So this is where this is, I think, relevant to all of us in anything that we're building. And and it's also so there's the element to that is just part of business. But there's also we're talking about purpose. So part of it is it starts at the top because I don't know BTS. I think they're cute. Um, I like them. But I'm presuming that they care about this. I think Lady Gaga cares about what she puts out to all our monsters. I think Beyonce cares about what the beehive receives. 
Uh, and I met one of my dearest friends in the whole wide world at an X concert in 1979 or 80. So just think about like, um, and I'm still friends with fans, other fans I met in the UK and other places because we shared an interest in the same um, British bands in the early 80s. And then the other part of this, we live in a fractured world, which we're evidencing every day. And so anything that brings us together is beautiful. Do you have a judgment around this? Because we were talking about artist X or celebrity Y, whoever that was, who's like, has an audience, but not a community. How do you feel about that personally? I think one of the misconceptions of community is that if a celebrity is at the head of it, it automatically makes it a community and it doesn't. That is an audience. When a celebrity has a group of fans or devotees, they're exactly that. They're fans. They're someone who appreciates that artist, that celebrity, and there's nothing wrong with that. But unless it's really that two-way street, not just between the celebrity and the fans, but the fans with one another then that doesn't constitute a community. And when community is lacking, it's tricky. And I think that fans are pretty smart too. Fans are not given enough credit and they can kind of see right through something, whether a celebrity is trying to enter a new market or get on a new platform for instant clout, or if they're releasing a product that just seems like a money grab. Fans aren't automatically going to be interested. And when it comes to the branding side, that's why the culture surrounding that celebrity is so important too, because celebrities do have their own personal brands. Anyone externally facing inherently has their own personal brand and the values that they show their audience, it basically teaches the fans how to interact with that celebrity and how to interact with each other. Because I think that with celebrities as well, they assume that everyone, since they know who they are, they must understand them and where they're coming from. And it's like, not necessarily you should have, if you have any kind of business or brand, have that mission statement, that brand ethos, that kind of brand DNA that you stand behind. And I think celebrities assume that everyone is not only going to know about them, but that they're going to care. And I think that that's a really interesting assumption to make because we've seen plenty of various projects put out there by well-known celebrities and they flop. And it's because there's really no structure behind it. There's there's really not that substance that fans want. And I think that fans also have certain expectations as well. So it can be nerve-wracking to have to meet and exceed constantly the expectations of fans. But at the same time with a community, like I mentioned with that two-way street, there needs to be a feedback loop created. And so mm-hmm. you're not just putting something out there and saying, ta-da, I put something out there, go buy it, my name's on it. No, you have to be able to give them, them meaning the fans, more than something that's just, here you go, give me money. Like There has to be some kind of other inherent value. And a quick example of this is Taylor Swift. She will have all these different Easter eggs. She puts out a TikTok video, not just so she can go viral as celebrities are being instructed to do, but she will put out one video 
And I've been on Swift Talk before, and it is a super fun corner of the internet because everyone has a theory. They say, oh my gosh, is Red Taylor's version going to be released on this date or that date? And the way that the fans interact with one another kind of bolster each other's theories and generate excitement and buzz around the project, it's super fascinating. That is super fascinating. I love stories of people who meet in like fan chats and they connect and go and decide to do something. But something you just said a second ago that blew my mind was in the branding business is the idea I refer to as having a manifesto, but it's also the MVV, your mission, values, and vision statement. I have one for my business. I'm presuming you do too. And everything I have to, I do is in alignment with those values all the times in deliver. And you just said something, I wonder how many celebrities or performers have those or don't have those. And you wonder, do the people who are really successful and have built a sustainable career, they created something and it's understood. And so, you know, if you're listening, just as an FYI, it's something I do in my business as a coach all the time for clients is we create brand books just so it's all codified. Just, you know, what do you stand for? Which also leads me now to another extension of this that we were talking about. We haven't said by word though, there's leadership involved in this. And years ago in my VH1 days, I had a wonderful meeting with Cool Mo D, who I just love saying his name, but I was also a fan. And we had this incredible conversation about leadership because he said something to me that he said, so many of my colleagues are, I don't know if you use the word colleague, but you know, fellow artists reject the idea of being role models. But he's like, you're a role model, whether you want to be or not. As soon as you're out there in the public eye and somebody looks up to you, you're a role model. So you don't have to be famous. You could just be someone's coach, a teacher. The notion of role models, he took so seriously. And I was like, that's another way of talking about leadership. And I think there's a component of that that you're, you're touching on here is why build community at, versus simply being targeted at buying you know, audience. And I think business is, is about the two. And, then, um, and so we can stick with our artists or the people we admire our team, whatever, through the ups and downs, through the not so great record, the, ooh, that movie was a bit of a misstep, ah, bad season, whatever, when we stay in alignment with our values. Something that we talked about as well was the fact that fans, fans are usually divided regarding the personal growth or professional (laughs) growth of their favorite artist. And there's a camp that says, we want them to stay the same. We only want to hear them play the old hits. I don't care about the new album. And sometimes artists can feel a little bit stagnant. Or you'll hear of artists where they refuse to play their most popular song and it really upsets fans. And then on the other hand, you have other artists who are totally embracing, they're singing the same song 500,000 times, but they know that that was what sent them on that rocket ship to superstardom. And they know that they can appeal to so many people if they not only continue to embrace those steps that they've made along the way, but being able to, yes, market themselves continually and as they release new products, whether that if you're a musician, whether that be an album or if you were going on a tour, to be able to have that culture of your brand to let your fans know 
it's okay that we're continuing to evolve. If anything, it's exciting that you've been here and you've stuck by me for so long. And I think that I personally love personal growth and self-development. And it's just, it's a wonderful lifelong journey with yourself. And I think that especially as we think about the really just the inextricable ties between a an artist's professional life and personal life, I think it's important to understand that people do grow, people do change. Sometimes it's for the worse, sometimes it's for the better. But to be able to give everyone a chance to continue to evolve, because if we stayed at that same level, then I don't think anyone would really reach the artistic or the professional or even the personal potential that we all have. Who are some artists and or brands that you feel do a great job of communicating with their community slash audiences? And what are the platforms and delivery systems that they're using? Yes. So BTS, I would obviously say, is the best example of this. They have an app called Weverse. And so they're not the only artist on there. There are several other artists on there as well. And it's basically a social media platform where fans can comment. On, it's a it's a social media app. So there will be photos or videos. And that's where you find out about special merch packages and all different kinds of things. So you are always in the loop about anything that is happening in the BTS ecosystem. And business-wise, I think at this point, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. And so people are able to not just find out information from there, but Army Twitter is a very, very strong amplification source as well. How is the, how is the band talking to people besides because that's these are third party platforms. I mean, do they have a newsletter? Do they have things that they put out and you feel like they're talking to you? So Weverse is owned by their company. So oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it is like a an internal platform, and they also have it's called V Live. And so think of um, it's like Instagram Live, but again, a, a platform that is. I forget who acquired V Live and like the the technicals behind it. And if any army hears this, they'll be like super quick to correct me. But the point is that they have the ability to do live videos. So they'll go live for an hour or whatever. And then some of these videos will be amplified by YouTube. They have their own web series that's also available on YouTube. They put out their announcements via Weverse and then secondary social media, unowned platforms like Twitter and like TikTok continue to distribute these messages. So that way everybody is connected within the universe. And then also a lot of people, I mean, Can I stop for one second? Because I'm ruminating on what you just said. Yeah. Because I encourage people all the time to have newsletters. I get pushed back sometimes like, but I'm like, because you don't want your entire business to be dependent on a third party platform. And now you're telling me on a mega massive, beautiful scale level, BTS has their own platform. And then they use some of the third-party platforms. But if all those things went away, their incredible communication with their army is not dependent on that because they have their own amazing app. 
I love this. First of all, I feel validated, but also I'm like super inspired and impressed. Yeah. It's really interesting because being a part of ARMY is like a full-time job kind of. There was (laughs) one point where I was so into it. There is over the last, what, nine years, there's been constant information and content put out there. The pure amount of content that is out on the internet about this group is absolutely insane. They, I don't remember how many episodes of their web series they have, but over 150 if if they haven't already reached 200 episodes by now. And having all of that content out there, then you end up not only having people amplify uh, the content simply by talking about it, but people make memes out of it. There are a ton of translators as well who translate the content into because it's natively in Korean. So they translate it to English, to Spanish, to Portuguese, to all of these different languages. So army across the world can get involved in the conversation. And that's not BTS's management company putting out those memos. I think now they translate their major announcements, for example, about tours or concerts. They will translate major announcements into English, but that's not the default. And that's something I think is very, very interesting as well, because that's not Western culture. That's not fandom culture is not a natively American thing, I think, which is a really interesting cultural perspective to take, too, because I think it this has evolved a lot with the evolution of media and technology and the Internet. But if you think about historically within the U.S. and how hierarchical the celebrity and musician systems industry is – I mean, before the internet, a celebrity, a musician, they were untouchable. And maybe you could be in a fan club. Maybe you could write them a letter. But would they ever see it? Would you ever really get to have any kind of connection to that person? I think that fan culture, this is like, pulling back the curtain a little bit. I don't mean to rain on anyone's parade, but a lot of it I think is manufactured. A lot of the kind of rivalries that we see and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys are the best example of this. Oh, yes. They were created by the same person and the way that they were marketed was that we had to choose one or the other. Which band is your favorite? And little did we all know the money was going in the same pockets And so I think from that perspective, fandom is a machine. It's a business. It's a marketing ploy. But at the same time, on the flip side of the coin, a little more of an optimistic side of the coin, I think that fans are so smart. I think that connecting it back to the I I love analyzing things from a consumer behavior perspective and looking at it in that way, they're early adopters. They are at the forefront of the trend cycle. Someone who is a devoted fan knows what's going on. They're educated, they're informed, they're interested, and they are willing to be mobilized in order to stand for something, support a message, spread a message, whatever the case may be. And I think that that's awesome. And I think that 
I mean, now there's been various studies and books written, especially about the boy band fandoms where everyone just with BTS, they assume that everyone's a teenage girl when in fact, I would say most of the armies that I have met were actually moms of teenagers. It It is something multi-generational, which is really cool to see. But with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and even Spice Girls as well, I'm a huge Spice Girls fan to this day. And the idea that fans are nothing but kind of vapid, rabid, <laughs> um, aggressive <laughs> fans who are not based or rooted in reality because their psyche has just been taken over by this unfiltered obsession with their celebrity. That's such an unfair assumption to make about fans. I think it really is because fans know what they're doing. And if you can get together a community of people who are able to make a difference, and to be honest, sometimes that difference is just to grant that artist success. Like there are some communities that don't do any good for the world. They don't support anything. They don't take a stand on anything. And that's show business. That's the music industry. And now I think that there's more awareness and responsibility about actually making contributions back to the world in some kind of way. But even if the purpose of that fan base is just to sell records, I still think that being able to have a community that represents something so big, actually the Beatles, great example of this. And anytime you see some kind of archival footage of the Beatles, they're playing on the Ed Sullivan show, they're getting off the airplane and you see people fainting left and right. I think that that is the stereotypical picture of what a fan is, but it's like, well, we can dive in so much deeper about what is it about the Beatles for generations. There will still be people out there who will fight you. They will stand by the Beatles no matter what. Others will say they're overrated or, oh, their music came out 60 years ago practically, and others will be like, absolutely not. But it's like, that's the thing. You were able to cultivate a group of people. I can't really speak to whether the Beatles truly had a community if those people had connections with one another. But was the audience there? Was the fandom there? Yes. And and that's a great early example. Mm, There, such deep emotional connection is actually what you're identifying. Mm. And then it lasts to this day. And it speaks Mm -hmm. to us through the music. And I grew up with that. Oh, wow. We could go on talking about this forever. I hope you'll come back eventually. Nicole, where can people find you? Because they need to find you. Absolutely. So it's Nicole Chamalio at, well, I I said it backwards, at and then my first (laughs) and last name on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and .com is my website. And yeah, looking forward to connecting with you. Well, hey, um, where can we find the podcast? And you have a newsletter too. I do. My podcast is called Nostalgia. It is available to watch on YouTube and Spotify. You can also listen on Spotify, Apple Pods, Google Pods, really wherever you listen to your show, wherever you're listening from right now is where you can find it. 
And also, yes, I have a newsletter where I write about digital internet and pop culture. It is also called Nostalgia, and that is nostalgia at substack.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're interested in one-on-one training for you or your team, please shoot me a note and please be sure to visit ableintermedia.com and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.